This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. I'm cutting the intro short, baby. Uh, Long time, long time. First time, long time. What's up? Welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast. Listen, a little late in the week, right? A little late in the week. I'm recording this on a Wednesday. I'm going to post it on Wednesday. Usually, you know, the recap shows all that shit I post day later after I do this. I'm going to eat dinner and then I'm going to do the Pick'em Podcast all in one day. What the fuck is up? Um, Sorry. Yeah, sorry. I usually like to record on uh, Sunday. Uh, Just woke up from a nap, by the way. So if I sound a little tired, I got two cans of uh, soda in front of me to try to wake me up. Just ate some Pop-Arts. Uh, I haven't eaten all morning. Wife went to the store and uh, I just stuffed my face with fucking brown sugar. I love Pop-Tarts. I, I don't like any of the fruit kind. So if you like like the strawberry or watermelon, whatever the fuck it is, go fuck yourself. Uh, I'm brown sugar s'mores guy. But I had brown sugar um, cinnamon. Brown sugar cinnamon, sorry. Right? Yeah. Uh, I had that before I hopped on. Little little boost, right? And then I grabbed two, a drink, and then I forgot I had it. I grabbed another one, so I got two staring in front of me. That's not here or there. I apologize for um, recording so late. Uh, Sunday, I was going to record after the fights. Um, had to be a father. Had to be a husband. Had to be a uh, um, someone that was around, you know, wife six months pregnant. You know, we got to get stuff from the new baby. And then on Monday, wife worked, so I had to be a father for Winnie, couldn't record, you know, she come in here and fucking grab the mic and steal the show, and, you know, she knows nothing about MMA, but uh, she's the cutest thing, cutest human being in the world, so she'd come in and steal my show, you know, you guys would stop wanting to hear me and want to hear her, and then uh, Tuesday, uh, wife got sick at work, had to come home, pregnancy's been a little rougher on her, um, I mean, she's healthy, baby's healthy, but, you know, she's dealing with the, the pregnancy shit that women gotta deal with, women are so much superior than us, that they put up with the pregnancy, and, uh, I can't even imagine, and, um, yeah, so yesterday I had to try to take care of her, and then I had a, a glimpse to record last night, but I was fucking tired, you know what I mean, your boy was fried, uh, so here we are. So here we are. A lot of lot of speculation by one person. Um, so I'm just gonna assume it's it's everybody that uh, I'm not recording because or uh, I'm recording late because of um, fact that sugar lost and uh, that I lost to Devin and all the you know all these theories um, couldn't be further from the truth. No, it is kind of weird how it added up that way. Honestly. Um, I got my ass spanked by Devin. Six to one. He crushed me. We'll go over the whole fight. Obviously, Sugar Sean O'Malley lost kind of an embarrassing fashion. We'll go over that. The fight and the injury. Um, yeah, I'm happy for Devin. Listen, I'm a competitor. I talk a lot of shit to him. If you guys, uh, if you guys see our little um Snap or Snapchat, fuck. I don't even have Snapchat. Why the hell did that pop in my head? If you guys see our little group text with him, Tim, and I, we you know we go after it. we go after each other. I'm especially giving him shit because I feel like he hasn't beat me in like two years, um, you know. And I told you that I, I'll disagree with Devin on a lot of things, but the one thing I won't disagree with him is his MMA knowledge. He knows how to pick fights, uh, and he and he and he fucking smashed me, and and I appreciated it. You know what I mean? Uh, I had no chance of winning this fight uh, or this week. Um, my picks were dog shit. I I don't even have them counted, which is rare. Usually, the minute a fight ends, I uh, I, I get it counted. And uh, by the looks of it, it looks like fucking I got like two fights right. That can't be right because I won more than two. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Um, 
So yeah, we'll get into that. We'll get into betting. We'll get all that stuff. Um, but yeah, so Devin won six one. I don't want to bury the lead. I gave him a lot of shit about not beating me and losing and all that stuff. And and he came out on top. It was a lot of pressure on him. I definitely am in his head, right? I I, I fluster him. I talk a lot of shit. But he came out and he put it on me six to one. And we'll go over that card. We'll go over all that stuff. Um, yeah. And then obviously the O'Malley thing. You know, O'Malley's my guy. And, 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 Sometimes you go to the wall to defend your guys, and sometimes you got to be like, well, hang on. We'll get to that. Uh, yeah, nice little show. And then, you know, I always start personal. Um, I don't know if I have anything. I kind of already went and did that, you know. I don't know if there's anything else to do. I don't think so, right? I got to take my truck, you know, brand new truck. I'm own one as a truck owner. I'm very, very upset about that. Devin beat me as a truck owner. And my gambling was uh, complete shit. On Saturday as well, lost some money. Uh, probably the most amount of money I've lost in a long time. So that's not great. But yeah, the uh, the stupid emissions light came on, right? It's an engine light, but it's the emissions. Where I live in Ohio, we don't have emissions test, right? So then I don't know anything about cars. I put in a the car. I bought a car scanner where you scan it. A code comes up and it tells you like what that code means. And uh, I mean the fucking thing's two weeks old, right? So I could have taken it to. A Honda dealer here in Cincinnati, but I I've been kind of emailing the the dealer, emailing the salesman, and, and being a little uh, rude, abrasive, what what have you, because I spent a lot of money on this. I have all these warranties and all this shit like that. So that's a good thing is whatever it is is going to be fixed. I'm, I'm not gonna. The only thing I'm gonna have to pay is my time. But uh, I chose to go to Indianapolis on Friday because they know the fact that I just bought in two two weeks. I like that dealership. The wife and I will go back there when she needs her car if she wants to get a pilot. And uh, um, yeah, I mean, listen, like you, you were, you know, I spent a lot of money on that fucking truck. You know what I mean? And and I want it fixed, and I want to get, and, you know, if it takes x amount of hours, and you're going to give me a car and, and all this stuff like that. So I feel like if I went to another dealership, bossing them around. Um, doing that, I felt really bad because I didn't buy it from them, right? They're like, I got to fucking deal with this guy and he didn't even buy a car from us. So I know it kind of sucks. Indianapolis, again, hour, 20 minute drive. Not that big of a deal. Listen to a podcast. Pop. Boom. Right here. MMA Takes Podcast. Uh, I'll put that on. You know, that's a good listen. That's a good listen for a drive. But uh, other than that, yeah, I mean, that the drive, the uh, truck is driving fabulous, by the way. So uh, the guy, the, the salesman I was talking with thinks it's not a big deal. But again, I keep erasing the codes. They keep coming back. So there's obviously something wrong. AutoZone, this this dork at AutoZone. I hate AutoZone employees. They always think they're so goddamn superior because, you know, I walk in. They probably know the minute I walk in there, I don't know anything about cars. At least that's the way I feel. Maybe it's my own insecurities. Fuck them, though. He came out and scanned it, and they said it need fuel injectors. Whatever. Whatever whatever fix needs to happen is going to happen on Friday. Um, and, uh, and if it takes longer than an hour or so, then you're giving me a fucking loaner car, and I'm coming back when the goddamn thing's done um yeah so i gotta deal with that friday other than that that is it um took a couple else this weekend i'm really bouncing back from that it is really funny that i mean listen i mean i don't know if there have been a couple people reaching out seeing when i'm putting to pick them out pick them will be out tomorrow night um it's kind of a weak card but it's funny that you know maybe i think people maybe really think i'm running away from this that i'm running away from this but I, no i'm not running away congratulations devin tahada he beat me fair and square. He had some good picks. I had an awful week. He had a good week. He actually picked underdogs, um, and uh, usually he picks all chalk, and that that doesn't really work out for him all that well sometimes because you know you get more points for underdogs. But um, yeah, he picked uh, he picked a great card, right? And uh, 
We'll get into that. But first, contender series last night. I have nothing written down besides contender series. Um, I'm going to try to remember all the fighters off the top of my head, which should be good because my head is just filled with just fucking deep knowledge. Uh, first fight of the night was Kenneth Cross. Um, I really want to root for this kid. Uh, Darren Crookshank, student, whatever. He said, you know, he was beginning of the, like the pre-fight interview. He's like, everyone has a story. The difference about me is I don't give a fuck. Um, I love that because you know, you go to the contender series. And I know ESPN and all these people really love that sappy shit where everyone's got a tough story, and it's like okay, but like, does everyone's like dad that dies like have to be a good fighter? You know what I mean? Can he just be a good fighter because? Um, so I kind of like that, but he performed like shit. You know, he went out there and he and he fought the was it Siler Sailor guy who fought last year and missed weight by like fourteen pounds or whatever it was. Um, he dominated him. I thought it was gonna be, I thought Cross was gonna be look a little more impressive on the feet. I know he had to cut weight multiple times for that fight. Fights kept getting pulled out for him. He gassed out, but he uh, his grappling looked okay. Obviously, didn't get his shot. Didn't didn't get the um, excuse me title shot. What? Didn't get the, the contract, but. I think they should maybe have him back at the end of the year, and, and I think he can perform better. Um, he didn't look great. But I had high ups because I really liked his pre-fight interview. Then after that was uh, was the Kossi, the kid, the uh, the younger or older Kossi. I think it's the older Kossi. He fought Matt Dixon. Well, no, it was the heavyweights. It was Parisian versus Johnson. Johnson stinks. I don't know why they even had him on there, but Parisian, this is like this guy's like fourth win. Just signed him to UFC. They signed him. He TKO'd him. Uh, so much bigger than than Johnson. Johnson's a 205-er. I uh, just need to cut out some of those country muscles, get down to 205. He'd be a big 205-er, but, yeah, he didn't look very skilled to me. Um, Parisian just dominated like you thought. We need guys at heavyweight. Is Parisian going to be a champion? Fuck no, but we need bodies at heavyweight, so sign them. Uh, long overdue. Then there was the Kasi guy, the Kasi, uh, the younger, older. I fucking don't know. They're brothers. I thought they were twins, but they're just brothers. Um, he fought Mac Dixon. He was a huge underdog. Uriah Faber was in Kasi's corner. Dixon thought he was, I, I don't know how serious Dixon took him. Took him. They were talking about Yanni the Greek got every bet wrong, by the way, which was a fucking amazing. He went all chalk and got him all wrong. Fuck that guy and fuck his teeth even more. That guy stinks. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the, he looked good. You know, he didn't give up. He lost the first round and he battled back in the second round and then dominated the third and got the finish. And uh, Dixon gassed out, had a really impressive record, has fought some really tough people. And and uh, Kasi has not. You know, he's got kind of a mixed bag record, but he looked really good. And he came out there and he fucking and he closed the show, got the contract. I, I was hoping he got the contract. Uh, the female fight was uh, Shannon Bays. I do, uh, Cheyenne, Cheyenne Bays. I have no idea how her last name says. Bays? It's buys. The fuck is going on? Um, I loved her though. I loved her attitude. She cussed in the middle of the cage. She said, get the fuck up to uh Hillary Rose something. I think she had like 20 names, but it was Hillary Rose. Really competitive fight, really good fight. I almost thought they maybe we're gonna sign that Rose girl too, because she was fucking legit. She stood in the pocket and she traded, and it was fairly close, but obviously Cheyenne took over and then she went and told Dana to follow her on Instagram and said, uh, um, I've been DMing you for years and this and that. Like, I love the girl's swag. I love her confidence. She's cute, too. Uh, she can, you know, obviously she got signed. She looked great. She was fantastic. There's a lot of, not a ton of women that come from the contender series that really start. Like, Macy Barber's one. Um, and I know there's another one I can't think of, but she's one of the girls that I'm going to be thinking about for a while. Um, her skill level was there. She's aggressive. She's mean in there. Uh, like I said, she's cute and she's, she doesn't give a fuck, right? She went up to Dana White and said, hey, Give me your phone. Follow me on fucking Instagram. That's kind of a fucking baller move. 
Um, yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised if Rose gets signed down the road either. She obviously didn't get a contract. And then the main event was the other Kashi brother versus uh, Victor Reina, who fought Miguel Baez two years ago, whatever, on the Contender Series. Reina is the guy that's fought everybody. He's got a big record. Kashi has all these quick finishes. And usually, to me, I don't bet guys with quick finishes because it's like, well, if it goes past X amount of minutes in the first round, you're going to fucking just fade away. But he looked good. He caught Reina with a nice left hand and finished on the ground. Both Kashi brothers got signed. Shane Bays got signed and Josh Priesen got signed. Nice little contender series. Fun, fun stuff. I love the contender series. I think it's really cool. I mean, sometimes the fights can be real, you know, block, um, you know, but they build the stories up well. You know, you, you get kind of invested before they even come to the uh, to the cage. And then there's some per- you know, people really shine, uh, you know, if they have personality like Cheyenne, uh, Cheyenne Bays. I'm mispronouncing her first name. I think it's Cheyenne. I don't know what I keep saying. But, uh, you know, she she fucking brought it. She brought a uh, personality, and that's what you want. I mean, look, Brock Weaver, he brought his personality. Uh, he got signed with personality because it definitely wasn't for his fucking skills. That's for sure. That guy stinks. I used to be a big fan of him. You know, we DM back and forth. He was going to be on the podcast. The more and more I, I follow him, the more and more I follow his career, I think the guy sucks. Um, yeah, I said it. That's why I kind of, that's what I want to talk to you about. I kind of stepped back on the idea of, you know, Devin's, Devin's putting in work. Devin's hitting up guys on IG. He's got connections to Florida. Wants some of these Florida fighters on. And I told Devin, like, you know what? If you want, like, like Nico Price, he was going to be in contact with Nico Price. I don't know what the fuck that is. I think it was my, my daughter banging on the door. Um, he was going to be in contact with Nico Price and get him on the podcast. I've talked shit about Nico Price once or twice, right? I'm, I used to think when I started this podcast, it was going to be, I needed to get fighters on, right? And don't get me wrong. I would love to interview some fighters. Not just not, I used to DM like literally every fighter, like every fighter that had just debuted. I DM, hey, you look great. Get you on the podcast. You know what I mean? And it's like, uh, interview is only good if you, if you really want to interview somebody. And, and I'm not going to interview somebody that I don't really want to interview. I'm going to be bored of it. And I want to interview someone that I'm going to be interested in. Not saying I'm not going to be interested in Nico Price. I think it's an interesting story. He's got fucking 20 kids. You know, he's a savage in there. All that stuff. But Devin was, you know, really spearheading this. And I feel like I was like, Devin, you you do it. You record it on Skype. I'll post it on the podcast. I just don't know if in my mindset right now, my headset, my headset, my mindset, if I'm really going to be an interview guy right now, right? I kind of like what I'm doing. I'm talking a lot of shit. I have no repercussions of what I'm saying. Um, I try to keep it somewhat respectful, but sometimes people got it coming for them. And then I'm fucking betting fights, making money. You know, some fighters get really sensitive when you pick against them. I don't want to like a guy come on and be like, oh, did you pick me against so-and-so? And And I'd be like, "Mm, no, I didn't, you know, because you lost and I made money off the other guy. Thank you, other guy. Could be an awkward situation. Um, Maybe I'll change my mind in a minute, but I just remember telling you guys in the beginning of the podcast, I was hunting to get interviews. And I really was, man. I've interviewed Chris, Don Madge, love those guys, but I was DM everybody to get them on, right? Um and, and then Devin kind of took that over and he was DMing everybody as well, trying to get them on. And it just, it just never worked out. And it just, you know, and then I, I, I kind of took a step back. I was like, well, maybe I don't really want to do that. Maybe that's not the place I want to be right now. Maybe I kind of just want to do my thing. Every podcast has an interview. So maybe that's, that's like the whole point of it, right? Like Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan just doesn't do a podcast by himself. Like he has guests, uh, part of my take, they always have guests, um, you know, and the Anna California podcast, they have two guys, so they don't really need, well, three with Ray. And then I guess you got that fucking other guy that comes in. So they don't really need one with the format. And, uh, yeah, so 
the problem with having a host, obviously Dev and Tim, whatever, is we're both we're all on different. You know, Deb, uh, Tim and I are both East Coast. Devin's West Coast. I work early. I got a family, so it's kind of hard. So it's easier for me to hop on. But yeah, I'm thinking I'm, I'm gonna cool down with the whole like guest thing. I'm gonna let Devin spearhead that. So if we have a guest in the near future, you hear Devin Tejada interview him. And if it's someone I really want to talk to, someone I love, then maybe obviously I'll do it. But uh, you know, arm twisted, I'll do it. But uh, maybe not. All right, let's get to 252. God damn it. Um, not the greatest pay-per-view. We all knew it wasn't the deepest uh, pay-per-view in the world. Um, main event, co-main event were interesting. Main card was fairly interesting. Lost a couple fights. Kind of put this together. The undercard wasn't uh, uh, crazy. I know it's fucking Wednesday. It's like five days removed from the goddamn pay-per-view. You probably don't want to hear a full breakdown. I'll give you just a quick rundown. First fight of the night, Kai Kamaka versus Tony Kelly. I bet every fight, right? Except this one. FanDuel did not have this on there. I do not know why. I picked Tony Kelly's underdog. I was going to bet Kai Kamaka. The more I thought about it, I thought he was going to be a little more well-rounded, younger, youthful, uh, better cardio. And Tony Kelly, they both showed up. I'm so glad these guys got the bonus because this first fight of the night, they got the fight of the night bonus or performance of the night bonus, whatever you want to call it. Both guys really showed up. Kai Kamaka dominated Tony in the first round. Body shots, body body shots. Tony rallied in the, halfway through the second. Definitely lost the second round, but the end of the second round, he started really kind of putting together. Dominated Kai in the third round. Really, really good fight. Devin and I split on this. I picked the underdog Tony. The old cage boy, MTV Cage, Shreveport, Louisiana. Uh, but Kai showed up, you know, Kai looked good. He, you know, he's, he's been fighting very actively, uh, slow down a little bit, work on the cardio. He doesn't have the biggest power, not a lot of finishes, but his body shots look fantastic. His boxing good. Tony Kelly, uh, just do a quick turnaround, right? Let's not go five years without you fighting again. You got a bunch of money. You can come out and get another bunch of money. I think you're going to be interesting at 145. I think obviously you belong in the UFC, even though you only have eight fights, um, I think you belong in the UFC. Chris Docker versus Parker Porter. Devin and I split on this one. The fight, one of the very few fights I got right. I picked Docker here. He beat Parker Porter. Both guys didn't blow me away here. Parker Porter, probably the best heavyweight night name in MMA. That is definitely a creative fighter name. It's it's unbelievable. If I created a fighter in UFC, uh, EA UFC on PlayStation 4, by the way, uh, shout out uh, Notorious BP if you want to play me. That's my gamer tag. Ha. Hit me up, UFC 4. I'm not that good, but I'll play you. Um, that's definitely a heavyweight name, right? Parker Porter. Again, Dawkins, younger, older brother. I don't know which one of Kyle Dawkins in the UFC. You know, knocked him out. Looked good, right? They both looked, uh, you know, they're not elite heavyweights. I like to see Dawkins maybe trim up just a little bit. I get it. He's a heavyweight. I, I'm not going to sit there and say cut to 205, you know, with all the body fat and stuff. But I would like to see him trim up a little bit, uh, hang around the two, high 230s, low 240s. And, and you know, and I, and I think that's going to go a long way. But, you know, he, he had a pretty sick knockout of Parker Porter with that knee. I think that got overlooked. Next up, uh, Liviana Sozo versus Ashley Yoder. This fight, I got screwed. Devin and I both were on Yoder. So it wouldn't have matter in the points, but I did bet Yoder. I bet Dawkins as well. So I won. Uh, I would have won both these fights, but I thought Yoder lost. She lost the unanimous decision, which I thought was absolutely bullshit. I thought she won two rounds to one. Clear two rounds of one winner over Sosa. She was pushing the action. She wasn't letting many takedowns, but she was laying the significant strike. She did the more damage. She did everything. Yoder won this fight, in my opinion. So I got screwed on the gambling side, but Devin and I both missed that. She was an underdog. Um, but yeah, Yoder won. I mean, without, without question. Next up, one of my biggest regrets, Danny Chavez versus TJ Brown. Uh, Chavez was Devin's underdog lock of the night. He locked that one up. I picked TJ Brown and I bet him. Um, uh, when I went to Indiana, this was my, one of my last bets I placed and I, and I 
reluctantly placed on TJ Brown just because I, you know, I was like, damn, Danny Chavez, I just don't know enough about his ground. He's really quick stand up, really good kicks, really all this stuff. And then he fucking just shrugged TJ Brown off, chewed his leg up. TJ Brown showed a lot of heart in this fight. Chavez slowed down that third round. Um, obviously needs to clean that up when you move forward at 145. There's some savages at 145, but Chavez impressed me. You know, I, um, I, I, I'll be looking forward to him at 145. TJ Brown's got to get a win or he's going to get cut. Uh, if they don't cut him already, right? I mean, he didn't look, I mean, besides that third round where he came out and was just throwing kind of haymakers, Chavez slowed down a little bit, so he got caught. Um, that was about it. But yeah, Chavez, good pick for Devin. I should have maybe saw that. Even if I didn't pick him with Devin, I would probably went opposite. That's just the way we do things. But I should have betted him as well because I had a dismal night betting and that that little underdog bump could have helped. Uh, next up, Vina, Vima Janaroba versus Lee's Herring. I'll never bet Felice Herring again. She's dead to me. She's black booked. She's blacklisted. Fuck her. Uh, she's got like two years off, uh, and I just thought maybe she'd have a better game at this point. And Vima took her down and, and submitted her quite easily with an arm bar. She gave up. Uh, Felice did. That was a big underdog play for me. I bet that fight as well. It was risky. I did tell you boys it was risky, but very upset that Felice Herring, the performance she had. Next up, Vince Wichell versus my underdog lock, Jim Miller. Very upsetting result. Vince Wichell, I didn't know he had a mustache, guys. Okay, if I would have saw that thick, beautiful fucking mustache before, um, like I don't follow Vince Pichel, sorry, but if I did and I saw that, I definitely would have took Vince Pichel. I mean, the mustache was fucking glorious. However, I didn't. Um, Jim Miller, you know, this fight is is kind of how I saw Vince Pichel winning, just really smothering Miller, and then Miller, who is good off his back, but he's good off his back in like the first round. Once you start getting him tired and stuff, he'll go for some things, but it's not like. The technique's not great. He just goes for things, and he definitely did slow down. He didn't look to be in the best of shape either physically. Vince looked great. Vince is a big 55er. He pushed the pace, won this fight. Um, thought he maybe lost the second round, or excuse me, the first round, and then won the second round. It was up for grabs in the third, and he just took over with his cardio and conditioning and uh, positioning on the ground. You know, He hadn't, he didn't really have Jim Miller in, in much damage. He didn't land like a head kick, though, but other than that, it was just a, a pace and, and just the pressure Vince Pichel put on him. Got that fight wrong. Um, Devin and I were both on Miller, but he was my underdog lock. Bet him, lost. Put a lot of money on him. Second biggest units were on Jim Miller. Very confident that Miller was going to catch a submission or something, and he didn't. All right, main card time, Rob Dallas Willie versus John Dotson. We both were on Dotson. Here's the underdog. Um, I just thought maybe, you know, Marab was going to run into something, but he didn't. He kept a great game plan. He didn't land that many takedowns. Dotson was really slippery. He would get a takedown. He'd pop right back up. Dotson had a really good game plan, really good uh, thing, but he just needs to throw more. He just stands there in front of him. Um, you know, he's got power in that left hand. He's, he's just waiting for that perfect shot. Marab wasn't giving it to him. Marab does not fucking slow down. That dude bounces around left and right, left and right, does not slow down, and then fucking attacks. Uh, really, I mean, good. By far the best cardio, maybe at 135. Uh, he's going to be a problem. Not a lot of guys are going to want to fight this guy. I'm telling you, not a lot of guys are going to fight him. He he is good. He beat John Dotson. He's a solid guy you can punch, who is in the past really tough to take down. I know he's getting a little older now, um, but Rob looked fantastic. Not a second of that fight he lost. And uh, look at next up, Daniel Pineda versus Herbert Burns. My biggest regret, I picked Herbert Burns on the podcast, so did Devin, and he was my send him home. I thought he was going to submit Daniel Pineda. And then when I get down to Indiana, I see the line next to Daniel Pineda. Herbert Burns misses weight. I know usually guys that miss weight usually win, but he looked horrible, Herbert Burns said. So I picked Pineda. This guy's a finisher. This guy's a beast. He's got a lot more riding on this than Burns. And he dominated. You know, he fucking finished him in the third round. Second round, excuse me. And um, 
He looked fantastic, right? He looked great. I mean, Herbert Burns is really elite on the ground, but his stand-up is really, really weak. Um, doesn't like to be hit. And then Pineda took him down and gassed him out, put him in that crucifix and fucking smashed him. I'm glad Pineda won. I bet that fight. That's the only fight um, that I won like plus money on. Um, it was when I bet not. So thank you, Daniel Pineda. You're going to be a guy that I'm probably going to keep a close eye on there for winning me money. Uh, even though you didn't win me money because I, you know, rest of my picks were shit. Next up, Rosenstruck versus June JDS. Uh, Dev and I both run JDS here, which is kind of weird. Rosenstruck, you know, JDS looked to me in great shape. Rosenstruck just really patient, uh, came out, threw some kicks, threw some punches, um, and then v- caught, caught JDS. I mean, that's all it takes. JDS landed some big shots and Rosenstruck who, to me, um, I didn't know how his chin was going to hold up after getting knocked out in MMA for the first time against Francis. Francis is obviously a different animal. Rosenstruck came out very patient, calm, and then landed his shots, and that was it on JDS. A lot of sportsmanship afterwards. They are going to be training together in the future. And, uh, yeah, sucks to see JDS lose, especially since he was in such great shape. And he had a mustache. Mustaches went one-on-one on the night. And, um, yeah, so next up, Marlon Vera versus Sean O'Malley. We'll get to all the, the stuff afterwards. Obviously, I got this fight wrong. This was my biggest bet of the night. I emptied the clip, essentially, on Sean O'Malley. I had uh, I took some money out, uh, like, last week of my bankroll and uh, bought some baby stuff with it, all that stuff. And then I was like, I went down to Indiana, and I just got a little reckless, and I went, my first bet was Sean O'Malley. I said, I'm putting this much on Sean O'Malley and then spread out the rest because I'm, I'm doing 10 bets. Sean O'Malley was my shirt thing. He was my mortal lock. He was everything. And, and yeah, I mean, we saw what happens. You know, got TKO, got put out by Cheeto Vera. Um, a lot of people are giving O'Malley credit in that first round. Cheeto Vera read him after, like, this two minutes into the first round there. Cheeto Vera figured him out. Wasn't biting on the feints anymore. Was checking the leg kicks. And uh, O'Malley was an uphill battle. I saw the shift happen. Um, obviously, you know, we'll get into the kick and everything. But I saw the shift happen. And I'm like, fuck. O'Malley's fuck. But we'll get to that more. I'll talk more about that because then we're going to get to the heavy main event. Stipe Miocic with Daniel Cormier. Devin and I split. I I like Stipe. I, I thought he looked in really good shape. I was really legit 50-50 on this fight. I had no idea who was going to win. So I'm not upset that we split. Devin obviously got Stipe. Beat me 6-1. Congratulations to Tejada. He deserves it after all the shit I talked. But this fight, it, you know, it was it was the worst one out of the out of the three. Um, it de- you know, the first fight was, was really entertaining because Stipe was head hunting Daniel. Daniel looked really fat. You know, he was a two forty something looked really fat and then, uh, knocked Stipe out, which, you know, knocked him out cold, which doesn't happen. Right. Stefan Struve, um, knocked him out, but it was a standing TKO. So it wasn't like out cold. Stipe has got a legendary chin. So that was surprising. Second fight, very entertaining, very good back and forth. Fourth round knockout by Stipe. And then this fight was a little bit slower of a pace. Stipe looked to be in incredible shape. Daniel came in a little lighter as well. The story is going to be the eye pokes. The commentary, I love Anik, right? I love Anik. Um, I hate Dom Cruz. And I love Rogan, right? I know people shit on Rogan a lot because, you know, him and Dom have this like pissing contest when they're in there about who's right, who's wrong. I think that's more Dom, right? I think we're all, I think we all would prefer. DC, Joe, and Anik. And if it, if you can't get DC, then you go Anik and Rogan. Just two of them. You don't need a fucking third head in there. I don't know who decided that. But Dominic Cruz is unbearable. Obviously, the commentary was super biased towards DC. That's their buddy. Everyone loves Daniel. He's going to be with the company long after Stipe retires. I don't think Stipe is going to stick around with the company. He's going to be a firefighter. Live in Cleveland. I don't think he's going to be, you know, 
a company man in that aspect where he's going to work for the company. Um, so they obviously were biased, right? Stipe got poked, I think, in all two of the fights leading up to this. Got poked again. Had to have eye surgery, right? Got poked again in this fight. Daniel apologized a million times. Stipe brought it up to Goddard beforehand. Said, hey, this guy pokes. Keep keep an eye on the pokes. My, you know, he fucked up my eyes last time. Wasn't that bad of a poke on Stipe. A round or two later, Stipe gets a really bad poke on uh, Daniel Cormier. I think it was the end of the third round, maybe. Deep, deep in there. Real bad. Um, a lot of footage came out showing that Daniel's eye was swollen prior to the poke. So I'm not going to question Daniel Cormier saying he didn't get poked. He obviously got poked tonight. We all saw it. I'm sure his fucking whole eye was messed up. Couldn't see anything. But you poked Stipe before and then in the fights and then in the first fight. And, you know, he never really made mention of it. The only fact that he made mention of it was because they're like, well, when are you going to fight again? He was like, well, I just had to have eye surgery because I got poked my last fight. Um, so, you know, and, and then, and then, uh, Kenny Florian was, uh, alluding to on his podcast that Daniel had a bunch of injuries, uh, some injuries going to this fight. DC hasn't released those yet. Who knows, right? It's DC swan song. I, I would like to see DC go out on top. That would have been nice. But for the division, I think it makes sense as Stipe. Stipe fought a great fight, right? I think Stipe is the better boxer. DC's kind of erratic. He's hard to hit. He dropped DC in that second round pretty bad. Got mount. Uh, DC wrestled. I think he only went for one takedown, maybe. And that was in the first round. Got it. But Stipe popped up, held on the neck, and got up. Stipe looked to be in wrestling shape. He looked like he was willing to wrestle, willing to get up from the bottom if he had to. Um, 233 pounds ripped up he, best physical shape I've ever seen him, but Daniel only wrestled once. And that could have been these injuries that people who are close to him were alluding to. I'm not sure, but Stipe was, a, it was, a, it was an odd fight because Stipe clearly won. But when you watched it, you're like, oh, this is actually kind of closer than, than you think, right? Like it definitely, when you look at it, it's like, oh, DC won, or excuse me, Stipe won in the decision. You think, oh, okay, he dominated all five rounds, but not really. It was it was a fairly even fight. Each round was fairly close, and then it just seemed like Stipe started taking over. The only round that wasn't close was the first round. That was DC. Stipe did the second, and then the third, fourth, and fifth all were those kind of rounds where it was like, okay, I don't know really who's winning, and then all of a sudden Stipe kind of kind of pushes it over, and then you see, oh, okay, he's winning. Overall, good trilogy. I'm glad it didn't end with the eye poke, and we had to rebook it. Heavyweight division needs to move. Give Stipe some time. I'm sure he'll defend against Francis. Um, and, you know, John Jones is a heavyweight now. I have that written down. Might as well talk about that now before we get to the O'Malley stuff. John Jones is a heavyweight. He basically stole DC's retirement thunder by saying, I'm giving up the light heavyweight strap. I'm moving to heavyweight. Uh, give me Stipe. I can beat Stipe, blah, 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 blah. Dana said, no, no, no. I like him at heavyweight, but uh, Francis gets a shot. So if if you were, if I was me, Right, and I was running the UFC. Francis unquitably gives a shot. Stipe is kind of flirting with being out, being in, being whatever. I mean, he wants to be a fireman, um, but he he said he's still going to fight. Right, he didn't retire or anything. Does Stipe really want to get in there with um, with uh, Francis again? And I say yes. Right, I think Stipe matches up well with Francis. I think Francis hasn't corrected the wrestling. I think he's going to come out really fast, try to knock Stipe out like he did in the first fight. And then Stipe is going to use his superior wrestling, get him on the ground. I'm sure uh, Francis has made some kind of improvements. He's coming in definitely lighter, so hopefully his cardio is better. But overall, I think Stipe matches up well with them. Does Stipe match up well with John Jones? Probably not. John Jones is a different kind of animal. I'm really curious to see John Jones heavyweight. John Jones has already also said 
that I got to take a few months. I'm in the USADA testing pool. I got to get a little bigger. I got to get a little stronger. Um, he's shout, He was like, anybody got supplement companies? I don't know if he was joking or not, but it's like, bro, you shouldn't be soliciting supplement companies on Twitter when with your history, but that's not here or there. Um, all right, so that was 252. We'll get to O'Malley next. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ignore it. Um, rough night for your boy. I think I got two. Uh, officially, I picked two fights right. I did switch some bets. Um, I did switch some bets early on, right? I did switch some. Uh, uh, man, did I get okay? Yeah, two fights right. Um, I did switch some bets. When, when I got down there, if that's what I'm trying to say, sorry it took so long to say that. I was reading this thing. And uh, so gambling-wise, I took a hit. Now, let's get to O'Malley, okay? That was 252. Pretty okay card, right, pay-per-view-wise. I spent more money on wings than my buddy did the fights. My buddy gets the fights. I get the wings. That's how it works. And I spent like 65 bucks on wings. Fights are like 60 Um, But lucky the wings were good. All right. So the O'Malley thing, <clears throat> excuse me, let me get a drink, okay? Because we're going to go here for a little bit. All right. So initially, I get upset when one of my guys loses, right? I spin zone it. I've been talking so much shit to Tim and Devin who do not like, no matter what Devin says, he does not like Sean O'Malley. I think Sean O'Malley's uh, one the best striker at 135. I do. And I think he's an elite talent. I think his mind is right for the sport. And I fell in love with him, not only his talent, but also the way he thinks about the sport, right? Same kind of thing with Izzy. I'm not, I don't smoke weed. I haven't smoked weed in fucking 15 years, probably. I don't drink. I don't play video games to the level he plays. And I don't play the video games that he plays. I don't dye my hair pink, blue, whatever. I don't listen to Takashi 699. I'm not in an open relationship like him. I don't have a lot of things in common with Sean O'Malley. But he's one of my guys because I think his skills that good. Come in Marlo Chito Vera. Um, unranked guy, even though I think he should be ranked, because his one he's won six in a row at Bantam Weight. His only loss was a song you know at 145. He's ranked now. O'Malley got bumped on rankings, which is hundred percent should happen. Um, but so when I watched the fight, I initially thought it was a fluke. I thought, of course, like everybody, I missed the kick that Bear landed. I thought maybe Sean rolled his ankle because he does move a lot. He switches stance a lot. Um, I thought he rolled his ankle. I thought he blew his knee out. I thought he maybe got his foot caught between the cage and the in the in the the, the mat there, like some fighters do. I didn't know, right? I thought he gets whatever. But when he went to the ground, right, he got kicked or he fell to the ground. I, I don't remember exactly what happened, but it was the ending of the fight where Cheeto followed him up on the ground, land those big elbows. Um, regardless of how compromised your ankle foot, whatever is, unless it's hanging off like Anderson Silva, I don't understand why he didn't defend himself, right? He went down there and he got elbowed and he got put out. Like Sean got put out. So the minute that happened, I said, there's no spin zone. Like he got put out. I know he hurt his ankle foot, whatever, but that shouldn't prevent you from putting your hands up or maybe trying to close your guard or throw something up or scramble or whatever the case may be. You laid flat on your back and you got elbowed the shit and you got your fucking head elbowed through the cage. So I was like, man, that's a tough loss. That's an ugly loss. So then after all that, all the replays on Twitter and stuff showing that not only then, I mean, sure, Sean might've rolled his ankle, but the reason he rolled his ankle is because Cheeto fucking kicked him in his calf 
The same thing happened to Henry Cejudo against Demetrius. He went five rounds with the best in the world, rebounded from that. Same thing happened to Michael Chandler. You get kicked in that low calf, some kind of nerve, whatever. All these doctors on Twitter were talking about this nerve. It's just your foot now, basically. And it takes a while to come back. It's like, just imagine your foot, pins and needles or whatever. Sometimes when I take a really long shit, my feet fall asleep. And I stand up and I can barely walk. It's probably something like that. Um, And so when you're this high-level guy, Sean O'Malley, uh, 12 and all this stuff, talked a lot of shit about Cheeto. You expect a little more, right? You got to expect you're going to get kicked. Now, uh, Cheeto said, listen, he kicked with a kicker. He was kicking me, and I checked a couple of his kicks, and I know it hurt him. I went back and watched the fights. Sure enough, Sean was kicking in the beginning, right? Cheeto was kind of fin him out. Cheeto started kicking a lot of the, or checking a lot of those kicks. Those probably hurt O'Malley. Now they're talking about, <clears throat> oh, O'Malley doesn't have any damage, right? Just some ligament possible and swelling. Well, hey, assholes. Anybody that throws kicks and fights or gets kicked are going to have a little swelling, right? Look at Conor McGregor. He was on crutches after the second Nate Diaz fight, how many kicks he threw. His whole shin was fucked, right? So don't give me that. Like, people are making excuses for O'Malley, and I'm the excuse king for my guys. I still think Darren Till beat Robert Whitaker, right? I'll still go on that hill. It's a very, very close fight. I scored it for Till. Um, But on this, there's no defending Sean O'Malley. He's got to fucking clean that up. If you have lower leg injuries, if your foot's fucked up permanently or whatever it is, then, you know, this might not be for you. Maybe go uh, stream full time or whatever the fuck you do. I don't know. Um, all I know is, is, is I don't think it's like a, an issue with your body. I think it's an issue with you got to learn how to check those. You got to learn how to protect yourself. Um, he took a hard calf kick and his whole body shut down. He got scared. And uh, I mean, listen, I don't compliment Henry Cejudo all that much, but when you watch a Henry Cejudo, we all know Michael Chandler's a fucking savage. That's not surprising. But when you watch Henry Cejudo against one of the best, possibly the best fighter in the world, Demetrius Johnson, he got his legs compromised, and the same thing happened in the Marlon Marais fight where he went in with a pre-existing ankle injury, um, and you see him go on to win those fights. I mean, that's a different kind of mentality. Sean needs to kind of get there. He's young, he's a little mature, he's 25, whatever. Obviously, I still support him. He's still my guy. The only way you get off my guy's list, you know, well, that's not true because I took Corey and Sin hanging off. So maybe I need to update my rules. But usually it's if you're a real piece of shit. Beat women, rape women, hurt kids, you know, murder people, whatever. Anything like that, you're off. But, um, yeah, I'm going to rock with Sean O'Malley. I think he's incredibly talented. And uh, it's just, it's an ugly win. There's no spin zone for it. It's a fucking ugly win. All right, so I got a rant in the show. Uh, I got EF, UFC. I've already shouted this out. ES, uh, EA Sports UFC Four. If you have a PlayStation Four, Notorious BP is my uh, is my handle. Yes, that's after Connor. Yes, I, I I stole a Connor reference there. So fuck off. Um, but uh, if you want to play me, I haven't played online yet. I've been doing a career, um, but I'm not that good. So if you want to get an easy win, we'll do it. Hit me up on PlayStation. All right. So the last thing I want to write here, this is something that I should have probably brought up last week or maybe even the week before that. It's something that bothers me, right? So we're all, if you're listening to this or <clears throat> probably if you're listening to this, you, you follow me on Twitter, uh, Instagram. If not, everybody takes podcasts on both. You follow on YouTube, even though I haven't posted anything in a while. Um, I'm ashamed about that. Anyway. 
the MMA community, every community. It's just not the MMA community. I just I reference the MMA because that's what I'm in. MMA Twitter is weird. I've I've already con- I've already complained about how people follow you because you follow them back and then they stop following you. I call those motherfuckers out. I'll I fucking scream at them. I'll tell them. I'm, I'll put them on blast because that's like that's just such a fucking little cheesy bullshit way to do it. People you you know kids do that all the time. Um, but the one thing I follow a lot of handicappers. A lot of handicappers respect. They don't follow me back. These guys are like. They think they're hot shots because they're like a thousand followers, right? They only got like 130. Uh, 131. I just got another one the other day. So fuck you. Need way more though. So I know I, I for a fact, get a, way more listeners than 131. So if you're not following me on Twitter, what is she doing, baby? What is she doing? Um, anyway, there's a lot of these, these fucking handicappers, right? That are so negative towards other people. So there's a site called betmma.tips, right? And essentially, it's it's a third party tracking, and I know a lot of sports handicappers do this. Like it, you know, they um, <clears throat> there's the third party tracking, so you can track your bets. Now, a lot of these guys, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna maybe name names right now because I don't want to give them shine, but a lot of them are so negative towards people who don't third party track. <clears throat> I am not a professional handicapper. I pick fights because I love to do it. I bet fights because I love to do it. I don't make a living off this, right? I mean, yeah, I bought some cool shit for my winnings, and I think I know what I'm talking about, but I'm never going to sell my picks, ever, 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 I'll sell my picks, ever. I don't understand why people think they can sell their picks. It is insane to me. MMA is so unpredictable, right? And you're you're charging people money. Now, listen, I get it. I'm not going to knock anybody's hustle, right? That's how you make money. That's how you want to make a living. Put your stuff behind Patreon. Uh, sell your picks. That's fine. Point of the thing is, is they're so negative to people who do not use this betmma.tips. I looked at it. This website looks like it's from early 2000. So basically what they want you to do is they want you to sign up under your fucking, uh, um, like, you know, handicapper, whatever, put your name in there. And then after you place your bets at your sports book, which I do FanDuel, then they want you to put them in there. Now, two things here. One, that's an extra step, right? Come on. And, And the website is very clunky. Two, why would I want to do that, right? If I'm not selling my picks, and then I could be lying, right? People could just put stuff in there and they're not even doing the bets. FanDuel, if you go to FanDuel and you go to your settle page, they track every single bet I got. I'll show you my wins and losses. I'll show you everything. So it's a little weird that these guys are really pushing it. Now, betmma.tips, it's probably a very confusing site. They got to code a lot because of the different things they got to put in. I understand that. I get that. But do these guys have ownership in this site? And then they're so negative. Like, listen, I'm the one of the most negative people in the world. I really am. But in the MMA community sphere, right, with content creators who are trying to get to a level where they make a little money, very, very few people in MMA media make any kind of money, right? There's a very handful of them. So when you have an MMA content creator where he's doing stuff on YouTube, where they're doing a podcast, where I want to support them, right? And these handicappers, they have their own podcast and everything like that, and they put them behind Patreon walls and everything like that. Again, cool. Not going to knock your hustle. But you start cutting down other people. And obviously, I'm such an egomaniac in, 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 uh, that when I see this. I some, there, there's a couple that I do follow that, that follow me back, and they do say some things. Um, but you know, and I, and I think, okay, maybe are they, are they taking a shot at me and my ego so big that of course I think they're taking a shot at me, but they're probably not even referenced me. But if they are, here's my response. You know, 
I just it's 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 petty, right? Everyone wants to get gets a leg up. Everyone wants to um, be that next thing. I'm all for MMA is such a niche area, right? It's really hard to get a job in MMA that pays anything because it's such a small little group of people, and your personality's got to hit. Like I don't know how the schmo did it, but props to him. I mean, I think he's corny as fuck, but people like him. He's get big guests on his podcast. Do what you got to do, man. But, um, you know, Eric Hawani fell into a fucking, you know, just fell ass backwards into it. That fucking dork wants to be a professional wrestler commentator so bad or rep or reporter so bad that he just fell ass backwards in MMA. Um, but there's a lot of guys out there that are really, really good. And even the guys that are bad, I'm going to fucking follow them. Right. And I'm going to, and I'm going to learn from the good ones. I'm going to learn from the bad ones. I want to put out good content and I don't get paid to do this. I carve out time to do this. I love doing this. So when you cut someone down that is doing this for essentially fun, hobby, whatever, passion, it's a little lame, right? I mean, listen, I know there's guys out there who put in way more work than I do. They do tape study all fucking hours of the night. They're probably lacking sleep and all that stuff. Props to them, right? But I've been in this game. <clears throat> I've been following MMA for 17 years now. And, you know, I've put in the work. I've done all these things like that. I don't have to explain my credentials. And fucking furthermore... I don't think I have to show you my bets. I get it. It's a third-party tracking, whatever. If you want to be a serious handicapper, it might be a good idea because that way you can sell your picks if you want to. Again, I'm going to say right here, I don't care if this <clears throat> blows up. I don't care if I go on the next three cards and never miss a fight. These picks will always be free. Okay. The only thing I, <clears throat> excuse me, the only thing I'd put behind a Patreon wall is probably my really cringy fight stories. I almost told one tonight. I almost told, we're about wrapping up here. It's 44 minutes. I almost told a fight story tonight. And I said, nah, don't do it, Brian. Because I got a lot of fight stories that I don't like telling because it makes me feel a little cringy because I think everyone does. I've, <clears throat> not fortunate, but I've been in a lot of fights in my life. So I do have all these great stories. And I'm just a natural storyteller. Hang on a second. Some in my throat. What the fuck? So I, re I, I, I declined to do the storytelling. But I figured, listen, the only thing I'd put behind a Patreon wall is if there's one living soul out there, one pathetic living soul that would love to hear fight stories from me, I'd charge them like three bucks and you can listen to the podcast. Obviously, I would never do that. My mom, who calls it my stuff a broadcast, she thinks I'm on the fucking radio. She wouldn't even pay for it. Um, so I'm obviously not going to do that. Maybe I'll tell that fight story later. It was, it was something about me hurt my ankle kind of, you know, what Sean O'Malley did and me still, you know, not quitting, you know, whatever, you know, I'm not a professional fighter, but that's it. That's the show. MMA takes podcast. Uh, you'll be hearing this on a Wednesday, Wednesday night, I believe. And then I'll be doing the pickums, which will be out Thursday. I'm going to try to get the pickums out a little earlier. I always put them out Friday. I think I'm going to start recording earlier and putting them out earlier. Um, just to give you guys enough time to ingest it, to get your picks and all that stuff like that. Uh, weak card, not a great card, but we'll get it done, boys. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Woo! Hey, pal, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? Woo! I say let her dance. Woo! Let her dance. 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 Escort this gentleman to the door. Come on. Do you see that shit? Yeah. <laughs>
He's good. He's real good. The name is Dalton.